Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me for the final time recapping a match this season, Josh Cacho. Josh, we did it. We made it through this season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, it's like, at least it's over? Yeah. Right? I mean, you know. They can't you, hurt you anymore this year, Josh. Yeah. Right. And it, it was, you know, the last few weeks, right, we have, we, we saw, um, we saw some moments and glimpses of what what could be, but like they always say, right? It's the hope that kills you. Yeah, and then ultimately that's what it came down to. Again, same thing in the situation, right? Where it's like heading into that last match after not winning the last one. Again, same thing is all same thing. The, the it's the story of the season, right? Where they fall short and mm-hmm. and need to need to get some help, but this time they actually get punished. Yeah, right. So yeah. you know, it's one of those things where. In, now it's officially a referendum on on both the front office and coaching staff at this point and on the players for that matter right like i at if if you win you know win this game and and bow out right there's there's plenty there's going to be a laundry list of excuses that you could have gone to to defend defend the outcome right mm-hmm. it's like we had the injuries you had player movement you have all these different things you can say okay well you know we're in this transition year. They're trying to figure out what to do with, um, you know, like you're loaded in your expansion year, you're loaded up with all that Tam, da, 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 all these different things that happen. Right. Mm-hmm. At this point, there, those excuses are no longer valid. Right. Yeah. Especially when you lose to a Colorado team that only has one designated player. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, again, the injuries don't help. Right. At, at Twesta being there makes, would make, makes a big difference, but, Again, I think this team reaped what they sowed, right? Throughout the entirety of the year. Yeah. If if you if you're gonna lay the foundation that they did from the very beginning and and expect that to hold as you head into into decision day, yeah, good luck. Right. And again, they 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 got what they were asking for. Yep. I mean it this is a this is a tough episode to do, both because of the just absolute decimation that Colorado just laid on LAFC today, the five, two uh, win, but also it's, you know, the, the end of such a terrible season, it's a validation of about a lot of the things that you and I have been warning about. And it doesn't feel good to come on here and be like, Hey, they are who we said they were. We tried telling you. And that that's not like as, <laughs> As validating as it may be to see, oh yeah, that, like we said they were bad and they're bad. It doesn't bring us any joy to do that. Um, but what I will say is similar to what you said about there are there are plenty of excuses. The excuses have been happening since day one this season. Um, we at the beginning of the season were sounding all kind of alarm bells about midfield not creating, fullbacks not creating, not not enough goals coming. Finishing was poor. Just everything looked bad. Um, I mean, how many times did you talk, did you and I talk about, are they, like, what What do they want from their midfield? We have no idea. Are they Man City? Are they Liverpool? What are they trying to do? What do they expect from their fullbacks? Um, and I remember so distinctly, it was like probably 10, 12 games into the season, and everybody was saying, okay, at the end of this home stretch, that's going to be when we know who they are, right? If they can just win these games at home, 
then they're going to be fine. I think that ended with the NYCFC game at home mm-hmm. that they lost um, at the death because of just bad, bad play and bad tactics. And then, you know, the, the excuses coming kept coming, and Bob talked about, you know, it's a four or five-part season, whatever it is. Oh, the defense has been solid. They'll be okay. The, the expected goal differential will will even out over the over the course of the season. And we kept saying, no, Josh. And here we are. And LAFC needed both to win and they needed help, and they got neither. Um, and it goes to show that this – you can't you can't play these type of games. You can't just excuse away everything with saying, "Oh, over the over the course, or, you know, over over time, they're going to become they're going to become a winning team because the expected goals are going to fix are going to fix themselves." But man, just just brutal, brutal. Yeah, I mean, again, and and it really comes back to right. I think this roster build, right? As much mm-hmm. as we can criticize individual individual tactical things that we that Bob has done or the coaching stuff has had to make over the course of the year right like it is no fault of Bob right that through the last what three to five games of the season he's having to play a bunch of left backs in the midfield yeah yeah right like there's no there's no excuse from the front office to have to play you know first of all why do you have three left backs on the team (laughs) right um that I don't understand, right? I mean, I understand it's like a it's like a hard position to fill, but to have Three that left many backs, signed, and I would say no right backs, Josh, because yeah. Kim Wan is a right wing back, and even though you and I say Tristan Blackman is a right back, they don't see him that way. So who knows what they're doing? Call, I don't know. Calling Kim Wan a wing back is even a stretch in itself. That guy is a midfielder. <laughs> He's 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 a right midfielder in a four four two. Send him to Barca because or wherever wherever uh, Ronald Coleman goes, let him go there because he loves using right backs as wingers and actually saw some success before he got the boot. So yeah, I mean, and so again, like the the way that again we've been that's the one thing I think we've been sounding an alarm way or way ahead of most things, right? I think the first thing that people it's oh, it's because we're playing four three three, and we need to play three at the five at the back, or three five yeah. two, or mm-hmm. you know some kind of three center back formation. You know, and both you and I are like, mm, we only have three center backs on the Roster's roster. Too so, thin to do that, yeah, right, yeah. It's problematic because again, should you have any kind of injuries, it was going you were going to run into problems. And this team, you know, we were talking about earlier um, off the air. This team was lucky to even have a guy like Fall fall into their hands mm-hmm. right pardon the pun mm-hmm. but a guy i mean like really like i there was no expectation for him to be a contributor to this team and they lucked into him being there and because otherwise i think they're they're in wooden spoon cat you know well, maybe not that far because since he's pretty bad yeah since but they, they would certainly look like one of the texas teams right i mean absolutely as it is only one team is beating them out and it's matias almeida's nonsensical San Jose team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, before right. we get into it, if I see one more tweet about Matias Almeida to LAFC, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna lose it. Like the idea that you're going to... I mean, I get everybody wanting to fire Bob. I get everybody wanting to boot a bunch of players. But man, if you think bringing in Matias Almeida to recycle that project and and retool the roster 
to try and fit his system is a good idea. Oh man, like this team is going to be bad for the next 10 years trying to both win with Almeida, then fire Almeida and then rebuild after that mess. Sorry. Uh, and the thing is it's like, even looking at that situation, like you're wasting the best years of a guy like, uh, I mean, at least MLS years of a guy like Cade Cowell, right? Like, yeah. Who's, yeah. who is the Disney, you know, Disney channel villain of the, of every, of my childhood, <laughs> like every one of those Disney channel original movies, he's basically the bad guy. Yeah. But yeah. when it comes to playing soccer, man, he's, he, he's, there's some potential there. Right. And I yep. feel like that, that situation is, is wasting whatever opportunity you have to win cheap. Right. Yep. There. Yeah. Um, because again, that, that's what this league is about, right. It's how do you win, win cheap. Right. And you have you to play money that, ball to some extent. Yeah. You have to. I mean, again, like this, this Colorado team just is, is in CCL with one DP. Mm-hmm. And that DP was not even on the field tonight. <laughs> but I'm not even sure he's been playing very much because I'm pretty sure Kay and um, and Diego Rubio have been there, like locked down attacking midfielders since the mm-hmm. since the trade. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't tell me that like missing those two. Like, your if your roster is that bad that missing two guys sends you to the bottom of the table, right? Like that tells me something about what how you built this team. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And we talked about it before, like looking at teams that have d- that do it year in, year out, right. Whether it's Seattle or KC um, and how these teams are built. Right. It's, it's not okay. Which, which um, Liga Mekis player we can find off the scrap heap and, pr- and pretend that it's going to change our lives right. or, or praying that Achache continues to fail at, at Atletico <laughs> and so they can sure. fail right into LAFC <laughs> because, Again, that that doesn't change your fortunes. Yeah. Right at this point. Um, like the the like he you're gonna you're you're basically gonna lose again to a midfield of Kellen Acosta and, and Mark Anthony K. Yeah. Right. Like we've been people were slaughtering K game in, game out for whatever he was supposedly wasn't doing. Right. And that guy is gonna be in CCL next year and you're gonna be sitting at home watching him when he's playing those games. They'll probably yeah. get smacked because they Again, the depth is a is a big thing when it comes to those games, right? And I think K. Yeah, and their their top end talent is not enough. And I will stand by the statements that I've made repeatedly that Mark Anthony K. is not an international caliber player. He's gonna he's gonna play with the Canadians men national team, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't they don't have a whole lot in the midfield. Uh, but we're not talking about Alfonso Davies. We're not talking about Jonathan David. We're not talking about, uh, you know, it's, he's, he's not that same level of player. Um, but oh, he's a bachelor. He's going to be there no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Right? He's the kind of guy that if he was American, we'd all complain about him being called into, into the squad. Rightfully like so. You complain, you complain about it, but then at the same time, he's probably going to do a good thing here and there. Right. Yeah. And then become some kind of beloved figure. Right, like again, it happens in again when you're not when you're not a world football power, right? right? It those things are going to happen. But that's that's Moneyball, right? right? It's figuring out, yeah. and that's that's one of the reasons that LAFC traded him. And again, I stand by that trade specifically. Like they had depth in the midfield. I don't think their midfield suffered as a result. Um, I think LAFC's problems have always been bigger than that. 
the Walker Zimmerman trade is the one where you look at and you go that one because they didn't have anybody behind him. Uh, that was the big miss. They can't play Moneyball at a position of need like that. But anyway, well, and again, and especially this year made it even glaring, more glaringly apparent that like again, while Mario looked good next to Segura, mm-hmm. has looked absolutely miserable in absence of him. Yeah, right? and so. Again, maybe maybe Segura is that linchpin that you were missing that sews it all together, right? Because he's been that guy who's been the constant presence from the more successful LAFC teams, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, again, that it goes to show what you're not doing in terms of your roster build that you can't survive a couple of these these misses. Right? Yeah, Especially well, and, from I mean, they non-TV. they were still losing and performing poorly even with Eddie Segura in the lineup too. So it's not like that did hurt and it did expose Mario for you know a worse defender than we thought he was but man uh the the Segura injury was a big one um we probably should get to the game here but something that we talked about kind of jarred a memory from the office for me um I don't know how we've never talked about this Josh but I don't know how much you watched the office or um seen every episode okay so as we're talking about expected goal differential and everybody's screaming about, no, 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 over time, over time, it's going to even out. It's okay. They're just unlucky, right? They're just, LAFC's just unlucky, but the expected goal differential is off the charts. They're going to start winning. Do you remember the Michael Scott paper company when they go, uh, (laughs) they go to the bank and, uh, uh, BJ Novak's character. Why can't I think of his name? The temp Ryan, Ryan presents the numbers and the accountant just looks at him and he goes, you guys are bankrupt. This is it's you're done. And he goes, no, 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 no. Ryan, this is Ryan. Uh, over time we become more profitable. And he says, well, yeah, if you use a fixed based cost model or a fixed cost model, he's like, you have to use a marginal cost model because over time it's going to cost more money to run your business. And the look on Ryan Howard's face is just like, Oh, like, I completely missed that and I'm a little bit embarrassed. Um, that's what I think of when people say, oh, no, 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 over time, the expected goal differential is going to win out. It's like, okay, but at some point, they have to put the ball in the back of the net. Like, it's very simple uh, and that's not happening. So, anyway, LAFC lose 5-2 to two to Colorado. Uh, just, it, it, like, this performance from almost everybody on the field was just embarrassing Starting with with Bob, uh, Robin Frazier called his number from the get go. They are playing balls in behind Kim Moon Wan because I'm sure they see film and they know that Bob either doesn't tell him to get back or doesn't want him to get back, or I have no idea, or Kim doesn't want to come back. And they were playing they were playing balls out behind him the the entire first half to lots of success. Mark Anthony K was open several times because Mario wouldn't come to track him when a ball came out to the left side. Uh, just, it, it was, it was bad. It was bad. Um, so I'll start there with just like the bad tactics from Bob and not being able to adjust in time before, before it was over really. Right. But I mean, my thing is like, what, what's your adjustment? Right. Like, yeah. Like yeah. given given the way that this team, I mean, you're like when you're playing as many fullbacks as you are, right, to start the game. What adjustment do you really have in that moment? 
play play a, a fullback. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> instead of you play instead a, of like an playing three back fullbacks five. at non-fullback positions, right? <laughs> that would be my adjustment. But you know, but at the same time, we we run into the same situation where now we're looking at this roster from now. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like I look at I look at this roster from okay. If you know that you're you're you know like is this if you're JT and Bob right if you're really actually if you're just JT and you're looking at this roster can you honestly say this team is going was going to do anything in the playoffs as currently constructed at the beginning of the season no I, I, within the last three games okay so like this is him surveying like two weeks ago he takes a look at the roster and goes ah we're not going to make it. Or, or like, even if we do, like, what are we really, what, what yeah, what's yeah. really going to come of it, right? Right. So my thing, I, again, I mean, this is, I'm putting my tin hat on here, but is, I think when you look at who they ended up playing, it's everyone they're trying to to put in the shop window. Mm. Mm. Right. Look, like, look at the roster, right? Was this the best setup with who you currently have on the team, right? That could have to have played against. You know, if to play tighter, right for a draw, <sighs> Man, playing I... playing Palacios and Blessing as the sixes with Edwards and Kim, Sifu at the at in at the ten, and yeah. Rodriguez and Arango up top, right. I mean, like, the Sifu one at the ten is the is the easiest one for me to to pick apart. To be honest with you, because we've seen it, it doesn't it doesn't work. You know, he bagged a bunch of goals at the beginning of the season, not really playing in that. It, it was, you know, more from a four three three, um, but it's, him in that ten position hasn't worked at all. So it's it's bizarre to me that that's what you go to. But here we are. Yeah, like if you wanted to be more defensively stable, right? There's you still have Blackman and Farfan on the bench who have been more stable than the guys that you have out there, right? Like there's been t- or you or you shift blessing to right back, right? Yeah. If you want, yeah. if you actually want to play defense. Right, and right. then play Sifu and Sifu and Palacios with with Bryce Duke ahead. Mm-hmm. Right, like mm-hmm. that that will actually defend what you played out there tonight was never going to stop anyone. Right, yeah. right, and so again, when you so when you look at the the roster like that's on the bench, right? Okay, no one on there is gonna is going to move. Right, Harvey, Bella, Christostomo, Moose, Bryce Duke, Blackman, Farfan. There's no value there. Right. Yeah. In in the in the greater market, at least after this year, Blackman I think at one point had some value, but has definitely fallen off in recent in, in over the course of the year. Now everyone on the field, that's a shop window, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I think they come into this game. I don't think they actually thought that they were going to win, nor did they care to. They said we're going to put guys out there and hope that they <laughs> hope that they pro- continue to perform well. Or that someone sees something that's going to come and say, "Hey, can you take this guy?" Like, man, take maybe that maybe hands. that's why Rodriguez looks so inspired tonight because he was the only one. He was the only one that I mm-hmm. thought consistently throughout the game kept his chin up and played well for ninety minutes and, and gave it heart. Like even Chicho tonight, you know, had a has a poor game, um, and you know doesn't doesn't do much. And it's not that I think he quit on the team. I think it's just that Rodriguez is the one that was out there trying to make it all happen. Yeah, I mean, and then again, we we've seen how Chicho's played with Carlos Vela. He defers far, like yeah, yeah, defers a ton, right? Mm-hmm. So again, I don't think there's been enough time to the you know Vela comes on what like the thirtieth minute or thirty eighth minute. It's pretty like early. Like, it's pretty early, right? 
And so there's there was never going to be a continuity amongst that front three because you just haven't had the time for that to develop yeah. over the course of a year. And so now expecting it to hit, right, is going to be a tall it's, it's a it's a big ask, right? Yeah. In that, in that moment. And again, it's and Vela doesn't defend either. Right? No, so, and he's and he's also in the attack right now, it's it's all like he's on the ball and he's of one mind. It is no matter where I am on the field, I'm going to dribble towards goal and I'm going to take it on my left. And everybody knows that. Like you have to be a little bit more creative about getting the ball in a better spot. Uh, we've talked a lot about how LAFC used to build up the left side specifically to isolate Bella on, on, on defenders and then play him the ball. But right now it's, it's just like you said, defer to Vela and get in the ball wherever we can and, watch him do something which mm-hmm. i mean he'll ride the, he'll ride a tackle every now and then hold yeah. on to it a little bit too long and then give it up and then everyone's just standing around and yeah. usually out of position at that point too right yeah so yeah just a, a poor performance all the way around um josh if i had to if you had to guess what jamal blackman's fought mob uh rating, rating? was tonight Ooh, I'm going to go... It's out of 10, right? It's out of 10. I'm going to go with like a 3.8. Oof. It was actually 4.9, so... Uh, he is he is really big, though, Josh. I don't know I don't know if you knew this or not. He's really tall. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't. But the funny, you know, one of the funny... To stop the shot. Yeah. One of the funny things to me is that uh, we kept hearing about, you know, he's... He, he cuts out crosses well. That's what they really wanted because they were getting scored on from crosses so much. Um, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say that that's not what the statistics bore out over his time for LAFC. He he very well may be the most effective cross blocking keeper that we have on the on the roster. But man, that first goal as bad as bad as it was for Bob and for Moon. It was just as bad for Blackman not getting to that ball as it just comes straight by him. Uh, and I think he's scared of getting cleared out by uh, by Mario. I think that's why he gives up on it. But it's it's bad. It's poor. Um, so I, I goalkeeper controversy 2022. Here we come. <laughs> we we cannot settle on this on this position at all. Um, but, but, but who's really separated themselves? No, I mean that. Well, that's the thing is, but like they don't they don't stick by anybody for any amount of time though either. I guess that's the weird thing to me is it's like I mean at this point I'd almost welcome the fact that you just say you know what Blackman's our guy we're gonna ride or die with him for the next you know the first six months of the season fine. Um, Man, yeah, I mean, they, there's no loyalty to that goalkeeper position, which is a little bit odd oh. to me. I mean, and the fact that Tyler Miller has been the best of all of them is amazing. <laughs> it says a lot about how well this team has been constructed by JT. Good on him. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've talked about, I mean, we should probably talk about the Chicho miss. I mean, he gets he gets the ball. I mean, he's right outside the six, plenty of time to shoot and bangs it off the, off the post. Um, I tweeted out 
right after it happened, if I see anybody trying to label that as like, this is, this is it, this is what's been wrong with them all year. I'm going to lose it because while they have had lots of misses, um, it's like we talked about, there's, there's something wrong with the team and it's not just that they don't finish their shots. Uh, they've been poor defensively. They've been poor at goalkeeper. They've been poor through the midfield. They've been poor with their finishing. It's all been bad. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, again, like what is it that happens to strikers, right? They whiff, they miss, right? Yeah. Like they miss sitters. It, it's part of it. Right. And that they, and they, again, like, you know, Ted Lasso reference, right. They have to have that mind of a goldfish, right. Which most of them do, right. It's like most strikers, they'll miss a sitter and then they start still calling for every single ball. Like yeah, nothing happened to play before, mm-hmm. but you know, so that's why it's like I'm, I'm not gonna get get too into yeah. it or get mad about what he did, you know, because again, it's I mean, again, it it's kind of in his head right now, but he that's something he fights through over the course of the season and figures it out, mm-hmm. um, you know. So you can't again like now bring it down to that one moment or whatever. Again, that's right. that's just it's a cop out. Yeah, right for for what's been poor all like you were saying all across the board and all over the field. Well, I mean, not only that, but without Chicho, I mean, this team, like you said, is bottom of the barrel. Like if they don't if they don't get him in August and win the games that they did based on his kind of insane goal production over the last two and a half months, this team is a disaster. Yeah, Even more of a disaster, in, I should say. He put himself in the top ten in like <laughs> half a season in like a quarter of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, Chicho will be fine. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to point out, like, I don't, don't use that as the excuse. Um, cause they still got drubbed five to two. So, all right, Josh, anything else you want to get to from that game before we get into some questions here? No, let's do it. I mean, cause okay. we're about to, we just sit here in misery for the rest of there's, the There's, there's, there's quite a few and that's okay because, we obviously me and Josh are pissed about this too. All right. First one is from Tom Camilleri at Bronkfan07. We can talk about today's no show, bad roster and coaching, Keystone Cops defense again, but I'm going to bring up two season stats instead. One can't finish. LAFC dropped eight points in games where they conceded a goal in after the 80th minute. That's crazy. Uh, two, six games against San Jose and Vancouver produced one win and two draws. Oof. That's five out of 18 points against two teams they've stomped in the past. In the end, as Bill Parcells once said, you are what your record says you are. Hope this is a wake-up call. Good job, Kirk and Josh. May we have happier post-games next year. This is good stuff here. I like this. That is crazy to me that you only get five points out of six games against San Jose and Vancouver who, like Tom says, you have utterly crushed in the past. Um, that's really interesting to me. No, but I mean, what do you expect when you didn't do, you do little or nothing to improve? Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you sat on your laurels hoping it would be, like, San Jose at least tried to bring in everyone from Chivas, you know, <laughs> like always, <laughs> praying that it's going to, it's something's going to happen, and then still... And then when it, at the end of the day, still have to rely on Wando to come and save him. Yep. Yep. Uh, 
Josh, this sucks. All right, hashtag make USC great again at LAFC Dad. I don't know what to do. Part of me thinks the team with health could have really competed. We lack a DP and two uh, and two really for most of the year. Or does there need to be a massive teardown? Bob is out of contract. Reality is I don't know what the club needs to do. Well, Josh, is there a silver I mean, bullet in there somewhere? So I the DP excuse falls flat. We talked about this earlier because for me because again, Colorado Colorado was doing it with one and who was not even on the field. Right? Yeah. Like, the way that this rusher need you know, like you said, to succeed moving forward, right? You have to play money ball with MLS type of guys, right? Guys that you mm-hmm. know are going to be there and you're going to be consistent like the Mark Anthony K's, you know, um, you know, even the Eddie, Eddie's a girl probably falls on that top end of that. That Yeah, that, definitely that, does. Um, that, that tier where it's like, is he a guy that's going to move on to, you know, is he, is Eddie Segura a guy that's going to move on to Liverpool for, millions of dollars no yeah eddie segura is going to be the best defender you know in the league one of the best defenders in the league for the next 10 years and then retire yep right? you sign into a big Likely. contract and you continually buy it down and nobody whines about it at all because we all know mm-hmm. how important he is what you're yeah. getting right same thing with who was the guy from uh seattle for all those years their their big center back that never really got a shot at the, that national team i forget his name um, uh i'll think of it in a second yeah, but like you need those types of guys on the field, right? Like a, the, a lot of this, you know, like again, maybe it's just because, you know, like I really, I just really like Stephen Betashore as a player or as a person. But a lot of these, the slides started when he left the team, right? You need guys like that. And then he, for him to come back on this team again, you know, and and start and, and send this team into, you know, first place in the West and into CCL, right? Tells you a lot about what, you know what they should have what they probably should have considered you know a while back right in terms of how they built it right so you know would i prefer you know like you said you have to look at how we you know like kind of moved on from the the draft right the super thing you know the super draft is you know like it's not sexy in the least bit but a lot of top quality mls talent usually ends up coming out of there one way or Mm -hmm. another right and guys that stick around for a long time um, the, the revolution, right, with Henry Kessler, their center back draft yeah. pick, right? Like those, those are the types of guys you're looking for. Zimmerman, I believe, was a draft pick as well, right? Because um, I'm pretty sure he played college soccer, right? Yeah, Blackman, yeah. Blackman played well for us too, draft pick, right? Like go down the roster of guys that are <laughs> like, you know, the there's a reason the the MLS best eleven is rarely, if ever, filled with DPS. Right, right. Let's leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the roster's got to be better for sure. And I think, so when you asked uh, if JT looked at the roster two weeks ago and said, yeah, we can make the playoffs, and he probably answered no. To me, I think he looked at the roster at the beginning of the season and said, yep, this is it. And my one hope is that he learned a lesson this year, and it's just that, like that he had way too much of his uh, MLS funny money tied up in guys that never saw the field because Bob doesn't trust him. Palacios, Janela, all, you know, like the, the South American contingent. Um, 
he Bob Bob never used these guys. Rodriguez was on loan for so long, um, and it's clear that he just didn't have an interest in in using them or didn't know how to get them on the field. Um, and it's not to say that I don't want them to sign South American players because I still think these players are, you know, they have super high ceilings. But for the price you paid for them, you probably could have had some other players on the field to help you get through some of these tough moments in the season and give you yeah, more consistent right? like, play. You probably want of your starting 11, right? I need three, three low ceiling, high floor guys. Yeah. And yeah. this team is, and this team is in the top, top three. Yeah. I think if you bring three of those guys in. Right? Yeah. I mean, right I, mean now, I mean, go, go back to Walker Zimmerman again, right? If Zimmerman's there, Next to Segura, I think you're. I think you're fine, and I mean, Segura is going to go down for the injury. But Zimmerman's perfectly capable of anchoring a back line, as we can see with with Nashville. So, yeah, they don't all. Not every player that comes to LAFC has to, like you said, have the potential to play at Liverpool someday. Um, and that's that's okay. We can just Latif Blessing is is a great example of that. I think we can all be Aaron Longkirk. $16 million. <laughs> oh, what were they thinking? How did, how did they come up with that number for him? It's unbelievable. Next one, Ben Cox at Sir Pensington. Looked way better with 5-3-2. All players pressing and playing wide. Vela came on and they deferred to him way too much. We talked about that specifically. I'm glad somebody else caught it. Calls didn't go his way but he was a step off and too narrow. Also moving Palacios to left back was less effective. Looking forward to the massive rebuild. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, the 5-3-2, I think they did look better in the attack, and I think it's because it frees up. Like, I think it's because Brian Rodriguez is just kind of free to do whatever he wants. And I I mean, he was the one that looked the most effective tonight. Um but the problem with that is it's not really a five three two. It's a three five two, and Moon is just unavailable for defensive responsibilities. Uh, and Jonathan Lewis ate him alive for, as a result. The thing that the thing that I noticed uh, a couple times, John, Josh is they a ball would be played into Mark Anthony K, who would leave it wide for. Uh, for Jonathan Lewis to run onto, he Jonathan Lewis would start central and come out wide, and then so that would pull Mamadou fall out of position, and then Kay would just switch positions with him, and Maria wouldn't rotate over. So like this is clearly they did it several times. It's clearly something that they saw on film, and and kept going back to, and you know they get the goal because Kellen Acosta then moves up into that space too. Um, so it's something that they set out to attack. With with Bob's little three five two nonsense, but yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it's like if there, you know, you got problems if Jonathan Lewis is the one giving you issues. Yeah, that one there. So at one point, I you know, because he was a guy that Greg Berhalter kept calling up to the national team uh, just to stand with his heels on the line, basically. And I thought one of the interesting things is that. On one of these runs, on one of these early runs, he had a big time head start. Didn't have the ball on on Moon, and Moon caught him from a long way back. And Moon is a very fast player, so I wasn't too surprised. But then a few minutes later, there was another one where 
Lewis is trying to spring free. I think that he's chasing down a ball and he can't beat Murillo. And I thought to myself, dude, Jonathan Lewis is slow and he's billed as this really fast, uh, as this really fast winger. Right. Um, but that is not the case. So no, but, but at the same time, like, you know, like I said, the fact that his movement gave you a problem speaks volumes about how bad the back line was interchanging and picking up guys as they were coming through. Right. Because, you know, they played that, you know, it's like a, what, a, a three, four, two, one. Right? Yeah. With, with, I think with so. Paul, with, um, K wrote K and Rubio kind of, and, and, and Lewis kind of all rotating in weird ways. And then Acosta pushes up in inside mm-hmm. kind of pinches in as like a, another left midfielder. Um, yeah. I mean, again, it's Frazier. Frazier had a masterclass today in, ter- yep. in terms of his tactics. All right, next one from Carl Pilo. I think it's pronounced Pilo. I'm sorry, Carl, if this is wrong. Uh, we couldn't have made it to the playoff, or we wouldn't have made it to the playoffs, even if we had one. See Carson. Too many drop points this year from a naive and young roster. One result that sticks out was losing to NYCFC, up a goal and up a man which sums up the season pretty well. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is spot on. Uh, even if you do win, you still lose because you refuse to play good soccer early in the year. And you kept making excuses like, oh, it's going to get there. It's going to get there. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And yeah, NYCFC, uh, I think, is probably the best microcosm for this season. Not the Chicho miss. It's so It's finding a way to drop points even when you have a man advantage and a, and a goal up on, up on the other team. So next one, somber Amarath. I've said it all season. There is no urgency. There is no composure and there is no aggression in this team. We are strategically stagnant and have become predictable. This all goes back to Bob hashtag or to hashtag Bob out. Josh, are you hashtagging that right now? Tell me who you're replacing him with. Nuno Espirito Santo. <laughs> right? Like, you know, it's it's if, if Bruce Arena is available. Right? I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of Bruce. Uh, I don't want Bruce. Right? Like I don't tactic, want Bruce. Right? Or is is Jesse Marsh available? Right? Right? Is... Yeah. You know, someone from that that tree of, of, of coaches that of American coaches that actually plays good football. <laughs> Somebody Ooh. further down in Bob's coaching tree. <laughs> right. So then, yeah. So then, so then it's not, none of those guys are, are either good or available. Right. So then let's yeah. go to the Mexican coaches. Do you really want any of them for them to play a bunch of possession and then not score either? Cause that's what you get from L3 and, and most yeah. of them. And, and um, I'm of the sure, teams. I'm sure there's people talking about it right now that they want to see Piojo. So. Right. For what? I want to see him come in with, him. His, with his walkie talkie. <laughs> yeah. And get, you know, I mean, I guess at that point, Razov wouldn't be there to punch him in the face, but yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Like it's, it's one of those things where, I think the American coach often gets disrespected because it's it's definitely not sexy, right? But at the same time, to win within Major League Soccer because of the weird machinations of it, right, takes a special. It like it takes. It, you have to just have been around it, yeah. Right? 
um, enough to be able to kind of figure it all, you know, kind of figure it all out because I think that's a big part of it. Right. It's like, you know, like look at Cincinnati's, like they tried like nine different Dutch people yeah, trying to kind of make it work. And it's not because why, right? Like you don't have an academy system that can do like do the Dutch thing. That's the, that's the big thing for me is these teams don't have that kind of history. They don't have that kind of infrastructure. They don't. So it's like, you look at like, why, why do so many Dutch coaches go through Barca? Because that's the style that they've played for years and years and years. And that's what their academy is built on. Right. And they've been struggling with it. And obviously their last Dutch coach just went up in flames. Um, But that's the reason why, right? Why does, why did, why did, Zinedine Zidane do so well at Real Madrid because he's a people manager, right? And they just bring in stars and they knew what they needed. Like Real Madrid has an identity and they're the Galacticos, right? And they just need a guy to come in and babysit them all is really what it amounted to. So I don't know. I I don't know who you're replacing with. Because if you go back to LAFC, what is the identity? now at this point right there was there was a defined and clear identity a year and a half ago i'm not so sure it's there anymore and what what they've built is now the front office's excuse to in like it's it's a it's what they're hiding behind at the moment right as opposed to saying hey this is our our football identity now they're just hiding behind the 3252 and praying that you know like i said that that the amazing things that those people do Right, will take a little bit of the spotlight, you know, a lot of take, mm. you know, kind of relieve the hot seat a little bit, because yeah. again, like, like if you're going to talk about football identity, those types of things, this roster was not built to play the way that Bob wanted. Right, right, right. All the guys that were that were that are supposed to be doing those things no longer there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, like who's the guy that you know? Who's the tempo guy? You know, like none, like Latif is the only one that's doing something remotely close to what we were supposed to do. And Raheem Edwards. Right. 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 High pressing. But, right. Always. But Edwards yeah. does Edwards. Edwards is a one trick pony, right. To a certain degree, like he works his butt off all the time and I'll give, always give him credit for that, but you're not going to get much more beyond that, that high work rate. And Latif is, you know, Latif to be unleashed has to be paired with two other guys that can, make up for the things that he doesn't do, you know, that he doesn't do as well. Yeah. But yeah. This thing mm-hmm. was all over the place. So again, like if you're going to tell me, like you said, you like, if you're just going to bring in a coach and you can't be in that, it's never going again, like you were saying earlier about like, Oh, they're bringing in Almeida, right. That's going to be a 10 year failure. It's going to take, take the quakes a long time to recover from, mm-hmm. from him. Because, because of you're all gonna have the to, roster turnover that they're going to have to go through. Absolutely. But even even something like, you know, like I said, like the, the teams that can do it year in, year out are the ones that don't divert from that their, that identity, right? Yeah. Look at the Lakers. Have the Lakers ever diverted away from Showtime? No. Mm. Even though they had some rough patches there as Kobe's heading into the twilight of his career, right? Like they still held true to what what they what they were. And then, it, it come, and then the cycle repeats itself, right? Then you're back in and you have those guys there. Right, yeah. because your the identity is clear is is defined, right? The question becomes, right, and the teams that usually fail year in year out are the ones that can never est- establish that identity 
yeah. or that culture. Did you ever I read uh, Phil Jackson's autobiography, Eleven Rings? No, I, I haven't yet. It's, it's a it's a fascinating read. I really enjoyed it. Um, he talks about how you know he they created this thing with the Bulls where they didn't really have that like before them they didn't have that kind of identity they didn't have the, any of that stuff. And then when he went to the Lakers, there was already like a culture established. And it was clear that the Bulls stuff wasn't going to work, even though he's still running his triangle offense, right? But now it's like he doesn't have the 95, 96 Bulls. He's got, you know, Kobe, Shaq, a couple other pieces. And it was interesting to hear him kind of like struggle through how to build that within the organization. And so when it goes to, it's back to your point about like, I almost feel like they need to keep, I I don't really care if they get rid of Bob at this point, but I almost feel like if they did keep him, I'd be okay with it just to be like, we're still establishing an identity. We still have to get something down, like Uh concrete. Or, or if the guy that there, or the likelihood is like the guy that replaced him to will likely be an acolyte. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that that doesn't fall too far from the tree, because again, right. like you know, at least or at least from a tactical, you know, like you're not going to see this team move away from the philosophies that it was built upon, right? Because to do that, like I said, is is asking for a, a ten year rebuild. Yeah, I mean that's and then you know you you've been building academy players for five or six years now to fit within a system as well. Mm-hmm. So if and you then, go redefine what that is by bringing in Matias Alameda, now all of a sudden none of your academy players fit what you're trying to do. Um, so and, I, it's, and then you lose a generation of talent that yeah. could have been the back end, you know, like the, you know, like I said, six through 11 on your roster. Yeah. What right. I will say though, is that again, this goes back to, I like, do what you will with Bob, sign him, don't sign him, whatever. Uh, Robin Frazier took, the essentially the same group that uh, Anthony Hudson had and turned them into something special. So there is, there is something to be said about good coaching, good tactics um, and presumably better training. Um, now Anthony Hudson works for great Berhal- for great Berhalter. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, but there's, like, <laughs> like, there's a culture, right? Like, you know, like the, because you knew that, Cronky's not going to spend, right? Like because of either whatever it was because of the Rams situation with them building the stadium or whatever Mm -hmm. the heck is going on Arsenal, right? Like Colorado is going to get the short end of the stick as it as it pertains to the Cronky organization. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so the culture there has always been to work hard and to be Mm -hmm. gritty and do those different things. Right? They've never shifted away from. They've just had someone put them in better in a better position to succeed, which. You know, that's something we talked about with Vince before, right? Where it's, it's the, the tactics will change from game to game, but is the philosophy or was it the Mourinho thing that we were talking about, right? It's like, you know, your tactics will change game to game, mm-hmm. minute to minute, you know, half to half, whatever it may be. But do you stay true to who you are? Right. The principles right? And, never and again, change. Yeah, absolutely. And when you constantly shift away from those principles, Right. It's like why man, man, you can't win right now. Right? It's because they've gone away from the principles that that built their yeah, legacy. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one. The artist formerly known as Danny Ness. 
I'm so sick of this goalkeeper problem we've had since the very beginning. At this point, I'm okay using a DP spot just to end that long and continuous conversation for a good amount. Hoping Almeida, oh gosh. <laughs> Hoping Almeida comes in, fully unlocks B-Rod like he did with Chofis, and maybe bring Chofis. All right, a couple questions here, Josh. If you were to sign a DP goalkeeper, who would it be? Um, Ethan Horvath. Oh, I, here's the thing. I think you could get him for less than DP money, to be honest. Oh, for sure. Right. Uh, I mean, first of all, it would just set off a firestorm in, in, in Southern California because of what he did in that gold cup, but, or not gold cup in the, uh, in the, in the nation's league, nation's league tournament. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, unlocked trophies is what he had. He's had 172 appearances and then has scored 20 or 28 goals. That's that's unlocked. That's his career. Yeah, Oof. between Chivas and the and San Jose, <laughs> 172 appearances with 28 mm. goals. Okay, mm. and and was suspended due to allegations of sexual abuse. <laughs> Made against a teammate. That's weird. But mm-hmm. beyond that, right? Um, yeah. Again, like these are things when you when you look at the way that this thing is going to go down, like like to overhaul, like doing moving in that strategy where you're going to kind of flip, go, go to this this type of making this type of move is what sends you into um, sends you into the 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 territories of, you know, of Cincinnati, right? Yeah. You know, or, or galaxy in that year, those weird years where they brought in Gerard and that, you know, those like yeah. those two, those weird couple of years where they were mm-hmm. like at the bottom of the barrel, because again, what the galaxy did in those couple of years, I mean, they needed a full reset, right? Like what's the, di- is there a huge difference between the team that they had last year and the team that Greg Vanny took over? No. I don't right? think so. Not 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 at the top end. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's generally more or less the same. Right? Vanny just puts him in a better you know, in, in, but Vanny understands the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Cuz Vanny is a galaxy guy through and through. Like it's it's we have a bunch of guys that set a foundation, right? The Perry Kitchens of the world, the bunch of guys that you just hate and despise cuz they're not really good soccer, but then you have Zlatan on top of it that pulls mm-hmm. them through. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you had, you know, Donovan that pulled them through with a bunch of guys behind him that you couldn't name if if you tried. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, like they've they've swung and missed, but they've again, but at the same they time, you swinging. know, they're going to they yeah, keep swinging. they're going to keep swinging and, you know, they'll be back because at yeah. some point that formula will hit because they're willing to they're willing to put themselves out there. The money what LAFC has done with their money ball has been not one that I feel like has been tried quite yet. Right. At, yeah. Maybe Atlanta is the closest thing to it. Yeah. In probably. Terms of I mean, how they constructed they had, their roster. You know, they, I think, I think they looked at Atlanta and saw them sell Al Marone and said, this is the way this is mm-hmm. the new MLS. Right. And Atlanta still can't move Barco. They've brought they've 
failed with PT Martinez, like that without Joseph Martinez, that team is nothing. Um, Absolutely. But here's the thing. Atlanta moved on from PT Martinez at a loss, mm-hmm. right? LAFC was not willing to do that same thing with the two guys that they had and ultimately to the destruction of the, of what they had. Move right, on like, from the two guys. Which two guys are you talking about? With Rossi and Rodriguez. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. or or one or the other. You know, like whatever mm-hmm. whatever moves that they didn't make because they weren't getting whatever return on investment. Like Atlanta can do it because they have Arthur Blank who just doesn't care. Just keeps writing checks. Yeah. So if Atlanta is is their model for which you know they they kind of looked at things, hey, we're going to go, but this is the new version of MLS, like you're saying, right? Like. It helps that Atlanta is willing to take that swing and a miss on a guy like PT and eat the cost because Arthur Blank is going to keep paying that money. Right? Yeah. It's high risk, My high question reward. Is, absolutely. But yeah. is given LAFC's ownership structure, can we truly say that those people are willing to, to make those same swing and misses and eat that cost? I don't think that's a, that's the case. Yeah. Right? We're not owned by by a multi-billionaire, right? Like I mean, I think mm-hmm. the frustrating thing is if you're owned by a multi-billionaire like Kroenke and they don't spend money, that's a whole different story. Right. And like, right. It's a whole other yeah. thing to be mad about. But again, I think LAFC, because of their structure, I I don't know. I just don't I don't see them going, being willing to do what it takes to pull themselves out of this sooner than later. Because again, I think there was that opportunity where they could have just hit the reset button when it probably should have at the end of 2020. And they didn't because they were in desperate need of approving that the that the model worked. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's it's mostly like if you want to do that with DPs, like sign one or two DPs that are young, promising talents. That's one thing. But when you fill out your entire roster like that, and you're willing to just empty out anybody that's proven, then that's that's where you're going to run into problems. I probably sound like a broken record at this point. Uh yeah, and the Almeida thing to me again because like you're changing the philo- the philosophy. Like now you're moving to a specific system built around a specific coach, and unless you're dedicated to him for a long time, I don't think it's worth it. Um, I understand that they, like there's a lot of Chivas fans uh, that are also LAFC fans, and I don't want to downplay that connection or like what you saw him do with Chivas, but. I don't think that works in MLS. I just, I truly don't think that that system, given the restraints on, uh, on, on how you can build your roster, I don't think it works in MLS. Okay. Christopher Colonna uh, at, oh, new handle here at Bob out JT out. <laughs> okay. Commitment. Oh man. The only thing good about today, and I mean the only good thing, is what happened to Carson. Those fools just completely collapsing. We never had a playoff spot to begin with. They had one and completely coughed it up. LOL. If Bob and Thornton had one ounce of self-respect, if they cared about this team at all, they would both resign tonight. Nothing changes until they both go and this entire roster is stripped down and completely overhauled. The only players I wouldn't touch are Segura, Tuesta, and Arango. I could not care less about every other player. The rest of them can all go. It's hard to believe, really hard to believe that people were actually picking this team to be a title contender before the season. That's a that's a fair point. Uh that this team was was looked at as a legitimate contender 
And I mean, to be fair, you and I thought before it all started, we just kind of assumed that they'd continue their CCL run uh, into the MLS season. But man, we were wrong on that one, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there there's a lot there, but I mean, like a guy like Latif comes to mind right in terms of like he he's basically the heart and soul of this team, right? If there's yeah. anything that 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 like he's probably the last the last the last guy that continues to make you to want to root for this team yeah like, again he's never going to cheat you of anything um yeah so move I, him to right back uh, move latif to right back bring in some more midfielders i'd like the more the more that i've watched this year and the more that i've seen them struggle right back the more i just say put latif back there bring in somebody else in the midfield is going to be you know a little bit more tidy on the ball give you a little bit more in terms of uh creating goals and yeah, but keep him on the team. He's again, one of those guys that we've been talking about the MLS lifers that are valuable uh, to your money ball setup. All right, Rick at Yo-Yo Torre 66. Why should Thornton stay at the club? I think he should go Josh JT in or out. Um, I would prefer him to be out, but he's also the club president and the first person to go before that will be everyone else before him. Yep. Right. Like just the way that these situations go, like admin is going to blame is generally going to look down and say, okay, who can, who needs the ax first before, yeah. yeah, before the owner, like the owners are going to wait till the last minute to fire the GM, right? It's always, they're going to give them the opportunity to find another coach, find the right group of players before they get axed. So Thornton, as much as I, you know, I think Thornton was at fault for how he went about that. I don't, I think he's in, he's here at least through 2025. Yeah. Here's some things that, that bug me about Thornton. Um, we have not had three DPs worked that have worked together this entire time. Swing and a miss on Horta swing and a miss initially on Rodriguez, uh, seems to be coming around now failed to move Rossi when he should have, um, and even now, I mean, I guess it's technical. It techni- technically possible that Rossi could come back if Fenerbahce doesn't pick up his his contract. Um, and then you and I have talked exhaustively in this episode about all the speculative big money signings. Um, so there have been plenty of misses uh, and an inability to move people on. There have been some questionable trades that have happened. Um, so, I mean, there's there's plenty of reason that you know to point to, to point the finger at Thornton here. Uh, I don't. I again, I don't. I don't know enough about who would even be available to give an answer on who I would hire, though. All right, unpopular football lover at Foot Fanatica, representative of the season, started terrible, gave a sense of hope, but ultimately capitulated. Could have conceded more than five, which would have been the most in our history. If foundational pieces don't change, Bob and JT, it's hard to be hopeful for 2022. A lot of the same stuff here. I didn't realize that uh, six would have been the record against LAFC, and there were there were some close calls there. All right, I'm going to keep yeah. going through these, Josh, because there's a ton of them. AK Griff at uh, Axori80. At least Carson is suffering too. Agreed. We love when that happens. Jesus Manriquez at Jesu2198. Bob needs to leave. Vela Rodriguez and many others need to leave. Whoever is in charge of bringing in 
bringing in and selling players needs to leave. That would be JT. Every single one of them. Score aside, the worst part of this team was their lack of character. Colorado up 5-2 to two, uh, showed more fight and desire. Um, he goes on to say, and I'm sorry, but the supporters section which travels and is the most important part of the fan base needs to criticize more. Instead of being mad and chanting for heads to fall, they're chanting the same old song. Well, I... So, I mean, supporters are different, and I, I get it. Like, you know, you'll see uh, Wenger out posters if you go to Arsenal games a couple years ago, right? Um, but I do think I do think there's something different about supporter sections. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's at that level yet where you need them to turn on them. I don't know. Josh? Yeah, I, I, again, it, if, there's no, if there's no desire to win, it's a whole different story, right? Because <laughs> that's the situation you have with, with what was going on with Wenger and then Kroenke and so on and so forth, right? Like, they're just, again, like Wenger was, was stuck in his ways, probably need, just needed to go. Kroenke was never going to give them money because he was buying a billion-dollar stadium and basically buying the town of Inglewood, right? Yeah. Um, and so we're not in that situation yet. Um, I think they, they swung and a miss big time. Right with with how they went about building, you know, constructing things, but it's in an attempt to win, right? Like, yeah, I yeah. I don't see this as like, oh, they're being told not, you know. Again, I think there's there are certain prerogatives that they have in terms of how they're how they're going about it, but at the same time, like, I I don't think it's at a point where like you have deadbeat owners or whatever. Where like there's they actually just don't care, right? Like, yeah, like, we're in a, we're in a different situation than than some of those, those things where they, those people were looking at it from a perspective of like the people that are in charge actually have, have no desire to change what's going on on the pitch. I think, I think the alarm bells are sounding in the front office because they know that they lose, you know, you're in an LA market where a losing season loses you cultural relevancy and that, that you've yeah. built really hard to make. So that's that's part of it. Right? It's like who's going to keep coming to LAFC games if they're not winning? Okay, makes sense. Yep, and I mean they. So even going back to the We Are LAFC documentary on ESPN Plus, like that's one of the first things they talk about is how do we create a culture in a city with uh, notoriously, I think they say notoriously blasé fans, which is one hundred percent correct, right? So I think it's something that they do need to protect. Uh, like you said, the, they can't hide behind it. They can't just say, oh, well, we've created this culture. That's all that really matters. The football has to be up to snuff as well. Um, but for me, it's not at the point of, like Cincinnati is a is a team where the supporters need to turn and it needs to be a bloodbath every time anybody from the club steps, steps foot in the stadium. Then again, I'm also a Browns fan, so I'm used to the misery. So... Next one, Ivan A. Uh, oh, gosh, Josh. Uh, Matias Almeida would be perfect for, for LAFC. Saludos. <laughs> uh, Almeida would be perfect to send them to the wooden spoon. I So here's the thing. Um, this is, a, this is a, apparently a popular opinion. So I, I do. I almost feel bad for having dog, dogged on it so, so much earlier. Um, I am not a fan. I'm a huge Marcelo Bielsa fan. I think Matias Almeida is discount or cut rate Marcelo Bielsa. 
I think, again, he did great things at Chivas, but for me personally, I don't think it works here um, for reasons I've already explained. Manny at Mufasa MB. The worst part of this loss is that we had, uh, is that we had just took care of things throughout the year. Excuse me. If we had just taken care of things throughout the year, we would not have been here. How many points did we leave on the table? So many, Josh. We talked about this earlier. Just, just win some of those games early on in the season. You'd be fine. I mean, you're only out by a couple points here because of how congested the middle of that table was. Yeah. Well, you were saying dropping points to teams like Vancouver and San yep. Jose earlier in the year. Five out right? of 18 like that, possible that, points. You can't, you can't do that and expect to nope. move on to nope. the playoffs. Or deserved it. Or deserve it. Uh, black flags, hearts of gold. Uh, hello, my beautiful, beautiful black and gold family. Our season might be over, but let's keep lifting each other up with love. Let's keep fighting for each other and our communities. We transcend wins and losses. We are the LAFC 3252. Uh, yeah, I think this is part of why I feel so bad having dogged, uh, <laughs> having dogged Almeida because it's like, all my friends like him, so I feel bad now, Josh. All right, John T. Lang. I hope people appreciate how much Segura has been critical to our defense. His steady presence allows all the freelancing to have to have minimal bad effects. I'm expected to, or I'm excited to watch Mamadou Fall develop, and I wonder if the LAFC goalkeeper position is the exploding drummer drummer from Spinal Tap. Uh. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Segura being the stabilizing force for this back line. Mamadou Fall, I think, if you ask me, those are the two starters next year, and who knows what's going to happen with this LA with the with the goalkeeper? I really don't, because we can't even come up with a DP that they would like and, and settle on. So, yeah, so. Alistair Christie at Christie Alley Blackman, uh, Blackman with an A, so the goalkeeper. Blessing Sifu Latif, uh, he's got. He hates blessing so much that he's got him listed twice here by last name, by first name. And Vela should not be back. Simply not good enough. If fans are mad at Edwards, but okay with blessing, you were crazy. Brutal season, brutal performance tonight. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about blessing uh, not being enough. I think, I do think you hold on to him, and I think you use him as a gadget man and play him right back, like I said. Josh, you? Yeah, I mean, we talked about how, you know, what we think of Edwards, right? Uh, you know, again, neither of those guys cheat you with hustle, but I think blessing, you know, again, blessing has, has shown to be a key cog in a part of a midfield three that like literally tore apart the league for a year and a half. Yeah. Right? Like you, you know, like there, there is a place for him here. What that is, I'm not quite sure. And whether or not it's going, he's that next, he's that next guy. Again, that remains to be seen. Like you see the guy that's going to take you over the top, but Again, when, we, in, when we're talking about looking at a team like Colorado and and SKC and Seattle and any of these teams that are ahead of us that are you know who's the bottom end of their roster is not filled with guys named Carlos Vela, um, you know you're you're going to need guys like that like that on the team that you mm-hmm. know are are proven commodities. Yeah, and I mean the more that the more that we talk about it too. So I mean Latif looked his best as that anti ten that we used to always talk about. But that was also with Beta Shore and Harvey, who are going to give you very predictable things uh, from the fullback spot. Um, so it's you know those are two guys that aren't going to get forward in the press necessarily, but they are 
going to get forward and connect through the middle, uh, make smart, incisive passes, which is not what you get from Latif. So pairing him with a guy like Edwards, even though it tore apart Seattle a couple weeks ago, isn't a great long-term strategy. Uh, but I say you still try and hold on to him and use him somewhere. All right, Jorge Rubalcaba. The front office needs to figure out if LAFC is an organization that develops players to sell them and make a profit or an organization that brings experienced players to try to win trophies. I mean, this is this is really the crux of it, right, Josh? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? And I think there's room to not be the galaxy while still trying to sell players and not just like squeeze a few drops out of uh, out of aging European guys for a year or two. But there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance. Um, I spoke with one person while we were recording our uh, 100 episodes who had some connections in the front office, and he said that um, from everything that he's heard and everybody that he's talked to, they do seem to be gearing up to sign some more veterans because it does seem like JT's perspective has shifted ever so slightly. So we will see. I, I don't. I don't know. We'll see if that if that comes to fruition. I think you and I would both really like that, but mm-hmm. we'll save that for another day, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably on the the what is it? What's our, the show that we've been doing in, in the off season? The where do we go from here now? Yeah, yeah. Episode. So I'm 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 really excited about the uh, Black Friday episode. Actually, I think there you I think go. you and I can go up with some good shopping ideas for LAFC, um, which brings up another good point. Uh, with the off season here, if there's anything that you want us to get into um, that you'd like us to break down or that you're interested in hearing any type of show, um, you just tweet at us, let us know. And I mean, we'll be more than happy to uh, fulfill those requests however possible. I know Josh, my son really wants to do a, uh, he wanted to do a Pokemon episode no. where he goes through the starting 11 that. and assigns everybody a... <laughs> But she has no idea anything about soccer, so she just knows Pokemon. <laughs> that might be brilliant, though. Who knows? Um, so if you have any ideas on, on, on shows that you'd like to hear throughout the offseason, please let us know. Uh, we will still be active throughout the offseason. I think we got to do a, a men's national team episode here in the next couple of weeks after this window um, to harangue Greg Berhalter some more. Uh, but yeah, you can find us all throughout the off season at counterpress underscore Josh. LAFC Josh on Twitter. And I am at Kirk Kinsey and we will talk to you all in a few weeks. Um, we did it, everybody. We made it and keep your chins up. It'll get better eventually. Bye.